Well, today, um, being the last Sunday in December, being Christmas Day, it is our last Sunday where we're looking at our ugly Christmas sweater series. Um, for those, for some of you, that means your Christmas shirts will go back in the cupboard. Some of you might try and stretch it out a bit further and, and take it into the next week a little bit um, and wait till next year. But we've been, for those who haven't been with us, we've been talking about the concept that, um, and, and the, because it's, we we're going to live in Australia and more importantly in Rockhampton, I wasn't going to be wearing a sweaty um, a Christmas sweater each Sunday. So we've gone something a little bit different. But we've been looking at the fact that these ugly Christmas sweaters are quite popular in places that are a bit cold. And, and um, But at Christmas time, what can often happen is that there, is, there can be an ugliness inside of us um, that really shouldn't be there when we think about all the goodness and the joy and the hope and the love that Jesus wants to bring us. And we've looked at ugly thoughts, we've looked at ugly words, we've looked at ugly motives, and today we look at ugly actions. Sometimes we act in a way that serves our best interests, and it flows out of those those ugly thoughts, the ugly motives that are part of us. And the thing is, during this season, we should be mindful of our actions. Anyone been shopping in the last few days? Okay, it's a bit. There was a bit of madness out there. Like we went out on Friday, going, we don't want to go out on Saturday. We want to do our grocery shopping on Friday, get it out of the way, and. Everyone in Rockhampton seemed to have the same idea. And so it was funny as we're walking up and down the aisles and Woolies, it got to the point that we kind of went in different directions so we could grab different things and get out of there quicker. But what I found every now and again, you'd find like an aisle that was completely sort of bare and you go, oh, I'm getting to the other side. I'm going to go up this aisle. Don't need anything this aisle, but I'm just going to go to the other side because that's where I need to be. And, and so, but sometimes in that, you can find people who go, all of a sudden, I've got to line up a bit longer. It is crowded and I'm going to sort of, I'm, 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 I'm grumpy that everyone is in my way. Um, or even people, um, my, my daughter works at Kmart and she said people were coming in looking for Christmas trees two days ago and were quite annoyed and frustrated when there was none there. I'm going, Christmas trees came out in September. So like, you don't have to get them in September, but two days before Christmas is probably not the ideal time to get it. But again, they're all of a sudden they're frustrated at people that are working there. And so all of a sudden, even though Christmas is meant to be, um, what's the, how did that song go? Um, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And like, I, someone should actually do a rework of that song. Like um, we're talking about the, the long shopping lines and people being crowded and things running out of stock. And like sometimes it doesn't feel wonderful. And sometimes we we add to that mess with the way that we act. We're gonna we're gonna cut in line so we can get ahead. We're gonna get my car into traffic so I can get home. I'm gonna like maybe some of you are traveling that I'm gonna be speeding a little bit so I can get there quicker. I can smell that that food cooking. I want to get there quicker. That last chocolate that's sitting on the table today, that looks really good. I'm just going to take that one. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy that for myself. And so all of a sudden, our actions at Christmas time, and probably even more so our actions through the year, don't reflect the goodness of Christmas. And, and this is the thing. We have these two extremes. We have this day which celebrates the goodness 
and the generosity and the love and the sacrifice of God to us. And at the same time, and we see little kids do it, but I think us as grown-ups, we make it all about me. Like, I mean, maybe it's not, maybe it's sort of like you want the day to go to plan or you want this to go to plan or, or this has got to go a certain way. And all of a sudden, Christmas becomes about us. And there's these two extremes when we look at this day. And the thing is, when we, and the Bible tells us about the two natures that are constantly warring against one another. One nature inspires us to love people around us and, and live humbly, while the other nature causes us to want to look out for ourselves while pushing others down. And this battle begins when we're young and can continue all through our lives. But the, by the grace of God and his spirit living inside of us, we can grow to treat others the way God would treat them. The Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Colossians as a letter to the people living in Colossae. The Colossians are, are a lot like you and I in that they were a group of people who were trying to figure out what it looked like to love people in the light and life and death and resurrection of Christ. Somehow, in some way, um, the sacrifice of Christ should have a profound impact on us as followers of Jesus. It makes sense, doesn't it? The good that God has done to us and for us and through us should change the way that we live. If not, if we never make the shift from being ugly Christmas sweaters to something more beautiful, we, we need to actually really engage with that idea. The season of Advent is meant to be a time for us to slow down and reflect on the reality of Christ's birth and the reality of his return. We need to allow these two truths to change us, to move us to become individuals who love one another. And the season, this season reminds us of a few very important things. First of all, people do crazy things in the name of Christmas. There's a movie out there, I think it's got Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick in it, uh, Deck the Halls, I think it's called. And basically, Danny DeVito comes, he moves into a, a, next to his neighbour, got a new job as a car salesman, but just wants to do something significant in his life. And meanwhile, Matthew Broderick, he decorates his house the same way, it's a big way, but the same way each year. And Danny DeVito then takes it upon himself, goes, I'm going to outdo Matthew Broderick, I'm going to do outdo that house. And so he buys up lights here and there, has to sort of borrow power from different places and ultimately wants to get to the, to the point where his lights can be seen from space. That's what he wants. But in the process, trips all the power in town and everything goes into blackout. And, and then by, in the end, they all come together and support one another. And, but it's, it's blinding. Like um, I've, we went out and saw a few Christmas lights the other night and they're, they're spectacular, some of them. They're just amazing. But I think in this movie, they were so blinding, you'd have to go watch them with sunglasses on. And so people can do extreme things at Christmas time. Some people, like their credit cards, are, have melted um, over this season because they've gone a little bit extreme. Oh, I've got to get this for that person. Oh, I've forgotten about them. And uh, anyone bought a last-minute present for someone they forgot yesterday? Oh, you're doing so well. Anyone who's meant to go out and buy a present yesterday forgot to do it? Oh, even better. So, um, um, but the thing is, we can we can do some extreme things in in this season. 
Something about this time of year causes people to reorient their entire lives around this season. Normally, normally rational human beings will cover their homes in lights, um, too many gifts and all kinds of other Christmas craziness. Schedules change, attitudes change, budgets change. Why? Because it's Christmas. As Paul is writing to the Colossians, he's making a, a plea for the followers of God to reorient their lives in the same kind of way, to be willing to live in unique and countercultural ways because of the love of God. Paul is very persuasive in telling the audience that there can be no more excuses for not living life God's way. He expects it. He says it this way, he says it this way in chapter 3, verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In looking at these verses, everything we do in life, whether word or deed, everything needs to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. How much of our lives? Well, all of it. All of our lives should be lived in the name of Jesus. So, let's have a little bit of a think over the past month. If you were to look over your past month, how much of your life is lived based on your relationship with Jesus? What percentage of your words and deeds are centered on Christ? More often, more often than not, our actions do not look like Jesus, but they can rather look rather selfish and self-serving. Paul tells us to make sure that our actions are reflective of the fact that we are grateful for God's grace in our lives. Our lives are reflective of the fact, the truth, of God's grace, which is evident in our lives. When we give thanks for all God has already given us, then we will be more ready to treat others with love and respect, all in the name of Jesus. And this this kind of intention it takes to wear a great the, the kind of intention to take uh, to wear a great outfit to a party is the same kind of intention it takes to live as God's people. You don't just wake up each day with godly actions instead of ugly ones. It is a choice. Living the way Paul tells us is to live is a lot like choosing a Christmas sweater. And the basic premise of that is that you choose your outfit. You pick your outfit. No matter what crazy sweater someone chooses or Christmas shirt or Christmas hat or socks, whatever that is, you pick it. Sometimes someone will pick it for you and you're forced to wear it, but like most of the time you pick it. And Paul writes to the Colossians and gives them this insight for the kinds of actions to live their life, that their lives exemplify. In Colossians 3.12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness, humility and gentleness and patience. This means we need to sink into a garment. We need to let it flow, sort of flow over us or cover us. This is, this, the Greek word here is, is an active word Paul is using to paint a picture for his readers in order for us to love people well and not to act like an ugly Christmas sweater. We must intentionally put on new and better kinds of actions. The kind of intention it takes to pick out a great Christmas suit or Christmas morning pyjama set is the same kind of intention it takes to live as God's people. 
we make a decision each day how we will treat each other. How we'll treat our spouses is important. How we treat our children is important. How we treat our friends is important. And Paul lists out what kinds of actions the Spirit requires of us. First, he says, clothe ourselves with compassion. The ability to see a situation from someone else's vantage point. To feel what someone else is feeling. Compassion is what leads people to serve others or to give sacrificially. Paul tells us to clothe ourselves with kindness. Kindness sounds like a simple word, but it is much harder to actually live out. Kindness is what happens when we're always looking for practical ways to serve one another. And over Christmas time, there's probably plenty of opportunities to do that. Kindness is is saying the right thing at just the right time or taking action when you are in a position to make a difference. Kindness is doing the right thing to positively impact those around you. Paul tells us to clothe ourselves with humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking about yourself less. Humility is taking on the kind of mentality Jesus taught us and modelled for us. Selfishness is ugly and, and is the basis of all sinful action. Humility then is the way in which sin is, is overcome and the way of Jesus is made a reality. Paul tells us to clothe ourselves with gentleness. This comes from the word meaning controlled strength. This word is not about weakness, it's about power. And this power comes from the Spirit of God living in us. And it helps us control our impulses. In gentleness, our actions express themselves in service to the weak and powerless among us. This is not a word that describes a wimp. It describes someone who is not afraid to step into injustice or brokenness to instigate change. And Paul tells us to clothe ourselves in patience. This word can be translated as long-suffering. It means to put up with something for a long time before getting angry or giving up. Clothing yourself in patience allows you to love people who are hard to love. And if you're not sure who that person is, it could be you. Um, so like, um, if you're looking around for that person who's hard to love and you can't find them, I don't know, it could be time to look in a mirror. But But the thing is, in doing that, we, we, when we love those people, we exhibit that long-suffering and patience. None of these attributes come naturally to us. We're not born with them. In fact, when you look at your, your kids and your grandkids, you will see it quite evidently, this is not a natural thing. We must choose them and put them on. We have to clothe ourselves with them. Um, continuing on in, in uh, looking at that verse, uh, picking up from where we left it, um, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has complaint, uh, anyone just as the Lord forgave you, so also you should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. All the things that Paul says in these verses have a common thread. The thread is love. He says, above all else, put on and clothe yourself in love. Without love, all um, the other attitudes unravel and mean nothing. The Christmas season is all about a God who loved us enough to send his own son to save us. And therefore, it makes sense. Love would be the binding attribute for us to love others in godly actions. I mean, saying that, love is a verb. Like love is not just that feeling that you wake up with. And some of you may have woken up this morning going, I'm not feeling it. 
Some of you may sort of be by the end of that, you may not be feeling it. Like um, you might be waiting for family to leave or, or for the food coma to, to be over or, or just ready for, for a, a, an early night. Love is not a feeling and love is a verb. In order to really love others, we, we have to put love in action. To move from ugly actions to godly, one, godly ones, it starts with love. The word Paul uses for love in, in, in our Colossians passage is a very specific word. It is the Greek word agape, which means sacrificial love. Agape love is the love that will cost us something. The question is, are we willing to pay the cost to live with, with love? We cannot just say we love people. We must show we love people through our actions. And if we're going to live with love this Christmas season, it must start with God's love. We must really, truly realize that God loves us. John 3:16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to judge the world, but the world might be saved through him. God himself was motivated by love, and this love prompted Jesus to come to earth in the first place. God did not send Jesus to come and condemn the world. Like, I think some of us would have been in that, would be on that. Yeah, I, I'd come in the world and I'd put, I would point out all the things that are wrong with it and I'm going to sort of hand down all the punishments. That's how we would feel coming. Jesus said, no, no, I want to save you. I want to rescue you. I want to redeem you. Every action Jesus takes throughout his life and ministry and even his death and resurrection is based upon a love for all of humankind. 1 John 4, 8 to 12 says, The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By the, this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. We have an incredible opportunity to love people around us. In loving others, we make God evident to a world who cannot see him. The mark of a Christian is someone who is dedicated to embracing God's amazing love for us and allowing this love to overflow. Love is action. Therefore, this Christmas season, this week, this day, I want to challenge all of us to choose someone in our lives where we can offer sacrificial love to, to put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience in the way that we treat them. It might be a stranger. It might be a neighbor, a brother or sister. It might be your children who have sort of stretched your patience that little bit more than it normally goes. But today, this coming week, and more importantly, this coming year, it is a great opportunity of us to, to, to show the light of Christ through the way that we live. Not, not just telling people that about Jesus, showing how Jesus has changed us how Jesus' love has flown, um, flooded through our lives and, and changed us, and we are endeavouring to do the same.
And so that is my challenge for you this Christmas day. This challenge as, as we go home to family and friends, as we go off to do different things in the coming week, and more importantly, as we, as we go into the new year, let our actions be full of God's love. Lord, today as we come and, and celebrate your gift to us, we see your love is, is evident in all that you did for us. Making the choice to, to come to earth, to live a life as a human being and, and to suffer and, and to, to put up with all the trials that are a part of that. To set your eyes on, on the mission that God the Father gave you and, and to choose the cross again out of love for us. Lord, your life is, is, is evident. Of, of how love has motivated you. And I pray that your love can fill our lives, that we're firstly, that we know that each one of us is loved by you, but secondly, that we let your love guide us and extend us and, 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 and lead us to, to, to impact this world and to show your love to all of mankind. <coughs> so we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.